Hello and welcome to the 315 Podcast. I'm Chris and I'm so thankful that you've joined us today to listen in. Uh, We are a podcast as a part of the ministry of Jackson FBC. Um, And we're here to bring you uh, God's truth to the questions of our day. Today we gather around these mics again, Chris, and it's always a joy to to be with you, and it truly is, and with all our listening audience. And today we're going to talk about when God seems distant, uh, seems distant with us. I wanted to share this because recently in a conversation with somebody, uh, they, they shared with me how that they were praying and it seemed like that they was not getting above the ceiling. And they kind of looked at me like, you don't understand that. You and I understand when it seems like God is distant. Yeah, because there may be times in our life uh, where the Lord just it feels like he's not there. Maybe the fellowship's been broken, or maybe there's been days where God seems far away, or maybe, uh, you know, even right now we're experiencing these things in our lives. You know, the Scripture has much to say about uh, how that God draws near to us. If you're, you're listening to the podcast and you're not a Christ follower, uh, this may this may come off what I'm about to say is like, boy, he, he's an elitist or something. Anybody knows me knows better than that. But what what we are talking about today is something that's exclusive for those who are believers. Now you may go out and you may sit under a tree and say, I feel close to God there. Uh, Chris, you're, they're feeling close to God's creation, aren't they? But not God Himself. Yeah, that's correct. Because um, we know that God reveals Himself through creation, uh, but. Uh, we also know that to have a proper uh, fellowship with him, it has to begin with a, a relationship. And so, uh, but as in any relationship, there uh, can be moments of great success and then also times of conflict. But we want folks to know out of that, that if you are a Christ follower, John 10 and 10, it says that he came to give life and to give it more abundantly in a relationship. So the relationship begins with Christ. We talked about that in our last podcast together. Chris did a wonderful job saying how you come to Christ. But when, when, you, when you come to know Christ, I love this, 2 Corinthians 1 and 9. I went back and did some more research in between today. Here's what the Scripture says. We're called into the fellowship uh, with His Son, Jesus Christ. What does it mean to you, Chris, when somebody says, I want to have fellowship with God? Yeah, just like uh, we know uh, with any relationship, it begins with communication, but also um, that it's not, um, you know, an inactive relationship, but it's an active one. So fellowship would be of one with communion where it's a, it's a give and take. It's not just uh, God is off in the distance, but I'm, I'm constantly coming to him to build and establish that relationship. So it, so it begins kind of like a wedding. We could use that yeah. terminology. When you and Catherine got married, uh, you put on the rings, but you made a commitment to each other. That's the relationship. And so you have that until the ring comes off, and we know in Christ it doesn't come off. But then you move from that to the fellowship, and we know that fellowship can be broken. The, the Bible says that this too in Galatians 2 and 9, that not only do we fellowship with God, but because we have God in us, now we have fellowship with, with the church. So what we around here say that sometimes we, we don't just call each other by name, hey, hello, brother, hello, sister. Is that, is that an accurate statement in fellowship? It is because we're united through Christ, and so we are uh, brothers and sisters through him. The, folks, the reason that I'm going down this, this, this road is to say to you to build a case that fellowship is important. It begins with a relationship with God. 
It is then we're called into that through Jesus. We receive him as Lord and Savior. We have that fellowship with him. We have that fellowship with the church. And then 2 Corinthians chapter, I love this, chapter 13, and verse 14 says this, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and here it is, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now, this means, folks, that when Christ comes to, to be your Lord and Savior and you become a part of his fellowship, he comes to live with you. Now, tell me about that for a moment, Chris. When somebody comes to live with you, does that, does that change the dynamic of a home? Yeah, it certainly does, <laughs> as you know. Um, through our circumstance with uh, foster care, uh, it greatly changed things because your schedules change, your, uh, you know, the flow of your life uh, changes, what you did before you don't do now. And so uh, there, are, um, there are major changes that take place. And when you are a new believer in Christ, you, you're so excited about this new relationship that you have with God. I, ju- I just, with a group of guys, they had lunch, and I, I was watching as they were doing we were fellowship, and the guy said, help me. And I said, how can I help you? He said, the only way I know to tell you is this. He said, I'm 40 years old. And I'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing. He said, I'm 40 years old. He said, but I've only been a believer less than three. He said, so even though I look physically as a 40-year-old man, he said, I'm still a child in my faith. And so, folks, I hope you're getting this. You get saved in Christ. He saves you. You come into fellowship with him, his church. The Holy Spirit comes with inside of you. But there's things that happen. Because, and if they don't happen, right, brother, you'll, you'll live distantly from God. Yeah. Yeah, and we know that sin causes or breaks that fellowship mm-hmm. with God. First um, John chapter 1 reminds us of that. If uh, that we can't say that we're in him and then also be in the darkness yeah, uh, because they don't coexist. Um, well, let's take a moment before we move on down through. Uh, we're, folks, we're trying to obey the fellowship of the Spirit, and we'll talk yeah. about that more. What does it feel like as a, to a Christian to have fellowship with God, not only in script but from yeah. your heart? What does that feel like? Um, it's a comfort of, of what you're um, going through, or uh, I, I think of it, too, as... Uh, David would write um, when he was coming around to repentance, restore to me the joy of my salvation, uh, meaning it was a, it's an overwhelming happiness or um, a, a security that may not have been there before. Um, and, and it also is one that derives purpose going forward because now uh, with the changed life that I have, it's not uh, something that I could have done. It's not anything I could have created. So I know it came from God, and, and he gave me a new life to live. And so that fellowship that I'm experiencing now is the newness in which Amen. is life-giving and not um, death, which we know apart from him is death. And so for the Christian, um, and, and the reason there's so much joy up front is you know what happened um, to get you there. You know what God did when he revealed himself to you, but also uh, the price that Christ paid on our behalf that we couldn't. And when we receive that, um, it, it brings forth all of those, like I said, joyous emotions of knowing um, that I'm loved, that I'm cared for, and that I've, I've, uh, I have someone that I can bind myself to now. Wow. Let me throw one more in there. You have that presence that you're no longer alone. Yeah. There, there's just nothing like fellowships. You and I were watching, uh, that's my wife, we were watching a, a series and at one point in the series, this grandmother had kept her son, her grandson, raising from a child. He's going out into the world, uh, not sinful, but going out to begin his career. So he's going to maybe college, you could say, or whatever. 
And so when he leaves, she turns around, and I'm telling you, I, I try not to get locked in. You know I'm emotional anyway, uh, driven. And she turns around, and she looks, and the scene's perfect. She turns around, and she looks in the house, and she starts sobbing, and she says, for the first time in my life, I'm alone. And for a moment, I'm overwhelmed by that. And maybe as you listen today, you're like, now I know why they're talking about this today. And this is really why. But I thought this, I thought, I know if this is a movie or a program and da-da-da, but Chris, it just hit me. When you're in fellowship with God, you're never alone. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, when we come into fellowship with God, we have that hope and security is what we're talking about. But we also have a way to move forward in the world of chaos around us. Because many things that that seemed like they were, you know, there was no victory over now has victory because not only do you have a hope and a passion to carry out this life, you have something to look for in the next. Oh, my, so good. Here, here's what James says, that hard preacher, James, James 4 and 8, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Friends, there's just something about this fellowship, this relationship. The Bible says, I, I, I had to look this up because I, I couldn't remember where it was in the reference. But Psalm 1611, it says this, In God's presence, there's fullness of joy. And it goes on to say this, God at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So for, for Chris and I to do this podcast to say, when God seems distant, we're saying we don't want to lose that. Yeah, We're still his child. Romans 8, 14 through 18. But, folks, as you listen to this, many people never come to grasp this part. Uh, the, the same brother I was talking to, I don't mean to monopolize this moment, but it's so profound. He said, there's something missing. Mm -hmm. And he said this. He said, I come to church, and he said, the, the worship is great. He said, and I hear a great sermon. He said, I'm challenged. He said, I'm convicted. I repent. I feel happy in the Lord, but I leave and there's nothing. He said, I feel like I'm going, he's like, I don't want to leave. And, and it's it, part of its service, being able to serve the Lord. But Chris, a lot of that is that we haven't understood the fellowship with God peace, that walking with him. And I think you've, you've been through that in your life. Yeah. I think <clears throat> for me, when uh, it's really like this, this season of when you first come to him, there's all that joy and excitement. Mm -hmm. And then there becomes a period where, um, not that it fades away, but if I don't fight for it, oh, uh, then, then what ends up happening is is I can start replacing it with things that I enjoyed before or things that um, interest me now. And to the point where I slowly break away the joy of that fellowship that I've had before and and I think, you know, when uh, I was in high school, uh, I had those moments for sure because there were still passions that I wanted to pursue that uh, that I hadn't broke those strongholds until a little bit later on. Um, and, and so I know that uh, for my life, uh, whenever I, I got the glimpse of I want the fellowship of God more than anything else, uh, then that helped keep things in perspective of, what's important, what's not, what has significance, what doesn't. And, and, and if anything um, got in the way of that, that fellowship, then it was like 
do I need to continue to do this or do I need to move on? From yeah, absolutely. And, and in our next podcast, just a shameless plug, yeah. as we'll talk about developing Christian disciplines, yeah. that, that plays into that as well. But folks, think about this fact. There's a God in heaven who wants a relationship with you that comes through our repentance and through the payment of Jesus. But once you have that, that's just the start. Yeah. Uh, to borrow a t- farming term, and also from Paul of 2 Timothy 2, it, what we cultivate grows, and what, what we neglect dies. And so somewhere along the line, people need to know that fact. But just, just know this, folks, that God wants a relationship with you that has a fellowship that is so ongoing. And we talked about that in Staff Chapel a few weeks ago about what it means to walk with God. It's not just a prayer time that I go my own way and come back to him later. What we're talking about is you walking with God and you growing in that. And then you have the Holy Spirit and that relationship is ongoing. He's my, by the way, he's my best friend. Sure, he's my second best friend, but God is my best friend. And then you as, as my pastors, we're right up there. But it's that relationship. I've listed for you, and Chris has already hit one of them, when you're distant from God, that there are at least four or five things that it could be. If you're a Christian, one, we said that, that sin can break that fellowship with God. What does sin do to your, your fellowship with God? Well, as I, as I mentioned earlier through the First John passage, he illustrates for us um, kind of an imagery of that, of light and darkness, and that they don't coexist. And so uh, we, when we come to a saving knowledge, what we realize is that um, is that there was, there's a really, you know, how much sin breaks the heart of God. And because it breaks the heart of God, we knew that we were all sinners, Romans 3.23, in that we were all, um, you know, apart from him. Uh, well, that same thing happens when we're a Christian and we belong to him. Mm-hmm. When we sin, we still can break the fellowship um, of God, meaning we're living in the darkness, whereas he's in the light. Um, and we have to deal with that as well. So the elephant in the room is sin, whereas we think, well, God's moved away, and he yeah. hasn't done that. Also, we, we, we listed not only does sin break your fellowship, but, and it's a sinful thing too, but a lack of time with God. You, you cannot be intimate with God away from that. In First Timothy chapter 4, Paul told Timothy, let no one despise you for your youth. But set people an example in your conduct, in your love, in your faith, in your purity. And then he said this, until I come, devote yourself to the Scripture. That's God speaking to you. It, it, that's so important. And, and so some of you would say, I get it now. I'm not hearing from God. <clears throat> and it's not that God's not speaking, is it, brother? It's that we're not, we're not listening. Yeah. And, and I think the key word is there is that we're getting led away from intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, as I said earlier with my life, whenever I clouded that or uh, put maybe little things in front of that time, that I was building a, a barrier that I didn't realize that time. Um, but the more that you seek after him, the more that you want him. And as the James passage says, to draw nearing to That's him, right. he draws near to, to you. And so that intimacy becomes more real. Well, and you know in that, which is going to bring us into the third reason why yet things may be distant between you and God. When sin is breaks the fellowship and you, you repent of that or, or when you're not with God and there's this problem, there sometimes needs to be that mediator in a relationship. The Holy Spirit's a mediator. But thirdly, folks, church itself and what goes on in church 
it's not just the building. The I mean, you come in your set all day long and that cool air conditioner or heat or whatever and still be not any closer to God. But there's something about when the people get together, isn't it? Hebrews 4 and 12 uh, says the Word of God is sharpening any two-edged sword, but Hebrews 10 says not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. One of the things that COVID has done for so many people, it's given them a legitimacy not to have intimacy with God. And because of that, we know that I go to church, and I never leave my brother unless either through your teaching or someone else's teaching or through fellowship that God will say to me, Keith, here's a reason why you're not close. And that's what, that's what the coming together does. Yeah, it does. I think, you know, for whenever we hit that moment of uh, with the season of COVID, it kind of revealed where our hearts were mm -hmm. in that. But at the same time for me, um, it made me appreciate it more when we got back together because uh, there were times and seasons where um, I've been in that when I hit the Wednesday mark or I hit the Sunday mark, it was new life that I've been struggling to get to, but having, you know, people pray with, hearing the teaching, singing uh, songs that are uh, in worship, it was just, it helped reposition myself to not be, uh, feel like I was going at it alone. Uh, it helped rejuvenate the spirit. And, the, and what the enemy does, he comes along and when we get in these moments that we feel distant, I, I found this to be the case. It's like, I'm a, I need to change churches. Yeah. I, or I need to change community groups, or I, or I need to not go for a while. It, there's something wrong with the church. Yeah. And, and that can be occasionally that they can take a turn that the Spirit's not there. But I found that most of the time, Chris, it's, it's that we've pulled away. And God says, I, I want to be, because when I'm intimate with God and have been on Sunday morning when, the word is, when I'm preaching the Word of God, there's no, there's no problem there. And so I want to encourage some of you who are listening today that maybe it is there needs to be that time that not away from the church, but God saying, God, speak to me in a deeper way. Also this, if there's unconfessed sin, if there are things that you're harboring, I just finished reading a, a little book called The Red Feather, uh, where Tom Elliff, a great preacher, uh, his dad left his mom, Chris. Mm. And, it's, and he's 37 years old, uh, the pastor is, saying that it sent him down a path where that this fellowship was broken, and it took him a long time. And, and folks, maybe today God has not, is not suddenly distant. It's just been you've been slipping away a little bit at a little bit time, and, and God says come back, doesn't he? He does. I know in my life, um, and I shared in the testimony with you know, my mom in mm -hmm. my relationship, but there was a point when I had gotten to college, and um, I realized that through you know, my time and, and spending time with God that I had the bitterness of unforgiveness um, in my life of that it was bleeding over to even other relationships because of that. And so when that breakthrough finally happened and asking her to forgive me and asking God uh, for the forgiveness that the healing began, but uh, it was hard. It was hard to come clean in that moment because I was like, well, what, what you know, other people may think or what is this going to do? And, and so the devil uses any tactics in there to hold you back. But a, um, a forgiven heart to God is more important than the judgment of man. Amen. Amen. So that's be mindful of that. That's so, so important. 
our, our topic today is when God seems distant. You can re- reach out to us at the 315 podcast at jacksonfbc.com. And we are so excited about being able to discuss your topics. A couple of folks reached out to us about some new topics. We'll be doing those a little bit later. But l- let me give you one other thing, folks, that, uh, that happens. When, when God seems distant, it is always there's a sin issue there. And, and some people are saying, that's not me. That's not the issue at all. It's God. He's somewhere. Well, listen to a verse. Uh, Chris and I listened to a pot, uh, excuse me to a sermon recently, at all of our staff by R. T. Kendall about grieving the Holy Spirit. And this is really for me, other than what someone sent in, has really stirred my heart in this topic today. And he shared from Ephesians four and, four and thirty, which says it's at that section in Ephesians where Paul's talking about the practical side of our faith. He says, "Do not grieve." the Holy Spirit, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I, I wanted to add this because we, we've been saying God does not pull away from us. That's in the relationship. But he does pull away from us, my brothers and sisters, in fellowship when there's sin. And, and Chris, for, for a moment, what does it mean when we grieve the Holy Spirit as Christians? <laughs> yeah, I think practically we understand that. Sin um, creates that that you know ultimate barrier between us and God, but at the same time, uh, the repetitiveness of that um, is what's drawing that wedge deeper and deeper in. And so, grieving uh, the Holy Spirit, we know the Holy Spirit intercedes for us uh, to God at times when we're praying. We don't know what to say. He's working on our behalf. We know that. Uh, he's guiding um, us to help grow and mature in our faith when we're um, connected to him. And it's the process of sanctification, becoming more like God. But when we're creating that wedge and distancing, what we're doing is, is we're, we're replacing him with, with other things. And so it's, it's grieving him. It's, it's knowing what we've been sealed for for the day of redemption. But at the same time, uh, it's essentially breaking the heart of God to be um, absent from walking with him. And most people would say, I've never done that. Well, let me re- relate it this way. Let's suppose that Sherry and I, we, we're in the, we're, we, and we are married. Let's suppose that for a period of about nine days, I get up in the morning and I kiss her goodbye. We talk for 30 seconds, and I don't come back with any, any relationship in, for those nine days, and I sleep with nine different women. And I'm, I was all these different people doing all the spending all of the resources that Sherry maybe has worked hard to provide, and then I come home. Sherry has pulled away. Yeah. That's folks. That is a living picture, and God may it never be, is a living picture of what it means to grieve God. It's when we do something that dishonors Him, and so God says, and He says this: I'm not a part of that. Yeah. So, for example, if you're praying right now, God, I'm, I'm, I'm far away from you. God, get closer to me. And God's saying this to you. I can't get closer to you because I'm not a part. And by the way, he's not going to be a part of sin. So if a guy's praying, uh, I'm, I'm having this affair, God, stop it. God's not going to do that because in, in the intimacy, we have to, first of all, come back and fix what we broke on our side. And that is we have to repent, don't we, brother? We do, um, and and then we know the hope that uh, that the Holy Spirit's the one that connects us back to Christ. And so, when we do come to that sense of repentance, we know that 
that's the ultimate restore um, to to the fellowship. And but you got to want to do that. You got to want to. You can't doing it for others' sake. Um, it's just like when when you got saved. If you uh, confess to God to make your mom happy or your dad, you're really not saved. You weren't saved mm-hmm. because you weren't doing it seeking out God. You were doing it for the approval of others. Well, that's the same here. If you read your Bible or if you pray so that your pastor will be happy, um, you're not doing it uh, other than um, grieving the Holy Spirit in that process as well because you're doing so for the approval of man. It's like when we get up and preach. If we preach uh, for the amens and the you know pats on the back Amen. in the room, then we're essentially doing it for our own self-ambition and not for the glory of God. It's misusing our talents that um, that will cause us to grieve the Spirit as well. I, I meet people all the time that think that because they've not committed the big sins that that, that God should be intimate with them. And so I'm going to get re- really personal. Be ready. Yeah. And you don't have to share if you don't want to because I'll, I'll share mine. Um, give me some examples, if you want to, of your own life or, or maybe just in general, of grieving the Spirit. Things that we do that grieves the spirit. I know we can say generally, any any sin grieves the spirit. But what are some things that we we do that maybe we don't even realize is grieving the spirit? I think it's the things that we um, think that we can hide um, can grieve the spirit. I know for me in high school, the biggest struggle that I had was with pornography and mm-hmm. lust uh, because I felt like I could contain it. Um, was never caught doing it Um, it was just something that I could get by with and so it didn't affect my church attendance and didn't affect my serving it didn't affect that I that appeared to me it didn't affect any of those things but in reality it did because it it impacted the way that I interacted with the opposite sex and so I see that as kind of the broad um, one yeah but for me also and, and maybe more so even now is the struggle with time management. Um, you know, what I prioritize, what I give my time to. Um, you know, I think the devil wins our hearts with subtle distraction more so with blatant sins. Well, the, we, we need to do a podcast on that, yeah. Yeah, because when those, you know, text messages pop up or phone calls and, and you know, interaction with people is important, but um, if we occupy our time so much so with the social media aspect and, and, you know, like I said earlier, approval of men, then that's what we're going to give ourselves over to. And and that's what, for me, I have to guard against that. My time's not wasted in what he's called me to do, um, or um, it's not wasted in me searching my f- intimacy with him or fellowshipping with him. Um, and, and so we're not talking about you can't have anything fun or or, you know, leisure in your life. But we are indicating that is what what is your heart's ultimate desire? Why are you doing yeah, it? Yeah, why do you do what you do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, for me, that's that's where I was and, and am. Let me pull one from R.T. R. Kendall in the message we watched to, uh, as guys. Uh, he's 86, and, and he was just so, so pi- practical. And I think we need to hear this because I know I'm guilty of this. He, he says this that the Holy Spirit is extremely sensitive. And I believe that because the Scripture is clear with that. And he says, for example, he said, if you gossip, the Holy Spirit pulls away. Because he says, I'm not a part of that. I'm not for that. And I was sitting there weeping when he says that when you have a bad thought about someone else, 
he he pulls away in that moment and until we confess that to god we we, like for example we say well it's not that bad you know everybody does it or uh, if i if i if i cuss or if i tell a lie if i have a hatred toward my spouse for a moment if i put somebody down if i slander all all the sins of scripture talks about folks i want to hear hear this this has been breaking my heart god pulled away in that moment and now i'm going to function with i'm still saved if i minister his word he's still going to use that but the power that could have been there in my relationships and so what's happening with us as guys right now uh uh Pastor Rick, who gave his testimony on our podcast, and we hope to have him back soon. We were talking about something of a very sensitive nature, and the next morning he comes back and he says, I want to apologize to you. He said, I hope I didn't cause you to think something that would grieve the Spirit. Hmm. And, and folks, this is really important. It may be that your lack of being on fire and consistency with God is that there's not a sensitivity to not sin. You know, so, and if and if you have been in a church that that said it, it's that doesn't focus on getting rid of, of crushing the sin, you're going to miss it. And and I want to tell you, I, I wrote this in my journal this week, my brother. I don't know if I've ever written it. God, I hate my flesh. That that the spirit of God is so working in that. That does not mean that you're not happy in the Lord. It does not mean that you're not joyous. It literally frees you more. And so as we think about that, because I, I don't want to labor beyond a moment that I should, but what, why has it been so important to you to have the fellowship of the Spirit? Because I've tasted and seen. And, and I think that once you experience it, um, you know, other things don't compare. Um, it's like when you have a, a good steak for the first time, you don't want to go back to rations um, you, you <laughs> want to continue to have that it always goes to but food, <laughs> i'm telling you um but it, it it is it's when you've experienced something of such a high high that nothing else compares amen um and, and it's like those people that have you know that are adrenaline junkies are looking for the next big you know thing to do um at some point you know there is no satisfying that need for them but with God, when you've entered in that intimacy with him, that fellowship with him, that, that relationship, then you realize um, that just how good that is. And, and, you know, when I went through the Beatitudes this past year with the students, uh, the one that, uh, I guess, challenged me more in my faith was being poor in spirit, mm-hmm. of just realizing who I am in comparison to how good he is. And what I've done in comparison to what he's done, it helps put my life in perspective holistically to comparison to him that, you know, apart from him, there's no good in me. There's nothing uh, to take delight in because uh, I'm I'm a flesh. I'm I'm fighting against him. But uh, when I hit that moment that there's nothing I could do to fix that, I realized that I was in desperate need of a Savior. Amen. And, and when I come to that, I think through uh, how much more delightful it is to be with him when I realize that he was the only one that could satisfy that need. And it connects you. Folks, listen to this. It connects you to peace, to yeah. effectiveness. Uh, you, you feel better about your life. Because sometimes people think when a man says, I hate my flesh, oh, this, this guy's a legalistic. Uh, he can have fun and joy. But I am telling you, I, lo- I love 
Christ in me, the hope of glory, and the joy of that, that it makes you other-centered. You, you feel clean because you are clean in him now. Yeah. You're, you're at, not only are you in fellowship with, with, with God, which is most important, now you have the capability of being in fellowship with people that maybe before you could never have. I mean, you start, this is crazy. Someone would say this. You start liking people who are different than you. I mean, you really do. And, and you become sensitive and you, you lose, for me, the cutting edge. The sarcasm begins to change. This everything does because you're now sensitive to this wonderful relationship with God. And so, folks, I hope that this has helped you today. So, so instead of saying, God, I'm distant from you, where are you? We would say this, it's just a simple four-step bang, bang, bang path. One is, is say to God, God, forgive me for doing the things that grieve you. God, just literally forgive me for the things. You might want to say it right now. God, forgive me for the things that grieve you. And maybe you should say as an addendum, uh, Lord, show me what they are so I can name them by name. And so do that. And then, and then as, as you've got it, the, the, the second one's in, in powerful as well. Yeah, it would be uh, God restore a desire to do what you've told me. And I know what is right in your sight. So God, give me the eyes that you have and give me the passions that, that you would have. It's, yeah. it's a surrendering moment. And when you do that, then you go to the third, which is step into, into doing everything you've already told me to do. Yeah. Which is, for me has been sometimes going to Shuri because I speak of her all because she's the closest in my heart. Sure, I'm sorry for that. You say, well, you got it right with God. You don't need to get it right. With oh, no. I, first step is, and God always says you go. And, and there's just something sweet about that relationship. And, and, and then lastly, it's walking with God. Now you're able just to walk with him and fellowship and love with that. And so you've now come back to that joy that fellowship that you have with him. And we just want to spend a few minutes with you today. I hope this spurs you to deeper conversation. I hope this helps you to find a systematic theology. Not Wayne Gruden was one we look at. There's so many others. Mildred Erickson's out there. A lot of them different ones out there. That, that you would make, or maybe to Google on a, on a Bible app that simply says this, uh, what, what it means to walk with God. Fellowship, or fellowship with God. Uh, is, is so important. And Chris, uh, as I know you're, you're going to give us our information now for that, it's just been a joy to sit with you today in fellowship, and that's a cool thing. Yeah, and one thing to highlight here as we close too, and you made mention of restoration with someone else, um, I think that it's important that we don't be the barrier to distance others from their fellowship. Wow, that's good. And so that's why that's important is that we connect and we apologize and restore those relationships so they see... Um, the, the work that's happening in our lives and, and then partake in that as well, um, and which causes us, again, to walk with God. And so we thank you uh, for tuning in with us, listening uh, to what we've had to say, participating and submitting questions along the way. Um, you can uh, find all of our information in the notes on the about, on whatever listening platform that you are using. Uh, we are so delighted that you've chosen uh, to be with us, and we look forward to future uh, podcasts where... Um, you can participate with us as well. Thank you and have a good day.